0: The Alternative Stories and Fake Realities Podcast, audio drama, poetry, fiction. You're listening to the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities Podcast. Mother of Floods, a novel by Madeline F. White. In this edition of the podcast, we'll look at Mother of Floods, a new novel by British writer Madeline F. White. We'll have an interview with the author and we'll hear some excerpts from the book.
1: Hi, I'm Madeline F. White and I'm a writer from Broadstead in Kent. I'm the author of Mother of Floods. I'm also the editor of Write On and Write On Extra, digital and print platforms for real people telling real stories. All of this is reflective of my work as a storyteller consultant. I work with governmental organizations and international development partners to connect diverse cultural, geographical and digital communities. Pen to Print, the publishers of Write On are a great example of this
0: what was the inspiration for the book?
1: Mother of Floods is a speculative spiritual adventure. Focusing on the power of creation within each and every one of us, the narrative engages on an instinctive level, moving from the current day theme of digital overload and capitalist greed into a semi-fantasy world where everything becomes connected. The plot centers around the interaction of six women from different geographies, cultures, and backgrounds and is set in its age of the downfall. By connecting ancient folklore and mythology to a pixelated dysfunctional present, Mother of Floods morphs from a natural world story of survival of mankind, which may seem dystopian, into a much deeper spiritual exploration of how we can collectively shift what is happening in our world, right here and right now. Glancing up the toiletry's aisle, she spotted the makeup wipes. She made a grab for two packs of it on special offer and plonked them in her basket with a sense of satisfaction. The thudding at the back of her head had got even louder, a sure sign that her anxiety was getting out of hand. To focus on the practical, she surreptitiously looked for any telltale damp patches under her armpits. She stopped in her tracks. Her hand had disappeared, and the basket she was holding was floating in midair. Closing her eyes, she felt an odd counterpoint heartbeat thrumming through her entire being. What was happening? When she finally plucked up the courage to open them again, she heaved a sigh of relief. Her hand was most definitely back where it belonged again, flesh bulging out around the wedding ring she hadn't as yet been able to get off. She felt tears well up. In the real world, it wasn't just her hand disappearing, it was all of her. Not even her children saw her anymore. They just wanted her to do and get things for them. She looked back down at her hands and realised that something had to give. As she focused on the last decades of the beat she'd felt run through her, she hoped to goodness it wouldn't be her sanity. I spent some time working with educational technology companies and because of that I have an understanding of the power, both positive and negative, the digital world has over us. I wanted to explore how to manifest this more positively, and so connected my love of myth, folklore and ancient history into imagining a mechanism that could connect our spiritual world to our physical energy, while binding in the pixelated world unseen also. It was a song of praise to Hunwe, the Zimbabwe bird, the fish eagle. Passed down the generations from mother to daughter, from father to son in their family, it represented who they were and what they would be. Tears were running down her cheeks in earnest now, and she barely noticed the scraping of the bowl. Only when Tsitsi started working the moringa cream into her hands did they stop. As she surrendered to the pleasure of her daughter's touch, she registered that the singing had got stronger. Tzitzi had obviously stopped feeling self-conscious. A service has been rendered, we revere you, bird. We who belong to you who fly. My dear one who reveres the bird, the bird is the fish eagle. The song of praise sat easily with Mercy, the words remembered from her earliest childhood, and then the time of pain back in the village. Her mother was humming, tears meandering past closed eyelids, down sunken cheeks. Did Mercy exist after all? She noticed her mother squeezing her wrist even harder. See, see, noises approximating her name her eyes flew open there on the balcony of the bedroom a bird had come to rest nearly too big for the rusty railing that held it yet it still perched majestically the contrast between the white upper body and tail and the chestnut belly and black wings was unmistakable what was it doing here? the nearest lake was Lake Manyame, miles away she looked down at the wonder in her mother's eyes there she found her answer her song to Hungway had called him to them she had dreamed and he had come. Slowly, Mercy backed out of the door, and then, when she was sure that she was no longer in the great bird's line of sight, ran the last few steps to the fridge, wrenching open the door. Now he'd come, she had tried to get him to stay, or at the very least come back. She pulled out the bowl of chicken she'd been having for her dinner. Back in her mother's bedroom, a tableau greeted her. Eagle and woman, movement and calm, stillness, power. She moved over to open the door of the balcony. He stayed. As she put down the chicken on the scrappy plastic table, he leaned forward and with a shake of his feathers and flash of yellow beak accepted her offering. No time had passed and yet all the time in the world was contained in the next moments. Finally, the fish eagle leapt into the sky. Blackly silhouetted against the evening sky, his two-metre wingspan overshadowed the entire balcony for a moment he looked like another bird entirely as she readied herself for bed that evening she pulled out something she had hidden behind her nightclothes the recipe for the moringa cream and the business plan that went with it it was time to start dreaming again
0: Your book has been described as depicting a world spun out of control. Have events this year made the book seem even more real or relevant than you originally envisaged?
1: I started writing Mother of Floods three and a half years ago and finished two and a half years ago. I had no idea of what could be on the horizon, certainly not the pandemic, and these times we're facing now. However, the cult of consumerism and individualism defined our pre-Covid world, which has had a significant impact on how we live with each other and the world around us, including our environment. It's been evident for some time that climate change, nationalistic tribalism and systemic cruelty and inequity has caused us to spiral down a vicious circle spinning ever faster and driven in part by the growing influence of social media. A call to action was needed, and the idea of truths shared by real women of differing cultures and backgrounds, connected by a spiritual and digital world unseen, is what was and is needed. In Mother of Floods, I've collated individual stories from my work, globally and in the UK, around a central narrative, i.e. change is possible, and collectively we can make it happen.
0: work as a writer
1: my writing habits aren't great to be honest i'm hugely disciplined in my day job which is underpinned by my writing as i've worked for myself for many years however where my creative writing is concerned those rules don't seem to apply in the same way i know i need to pull myself right back and move beyond the 66,000 words that i've left around sister of storm since last november A friend of mine suggested I write in the morning and then do PR and other work in the afternoon. That's something to aspire to. But poetry seems to be easy and for me as necessary as breathing at the moment. And I'm finding myself increasingly using mobile notes, that function from my phone to get core ideas down and then polish and finish on my laptop. Which other writers are your influences? Sherry S. Tepper Marion Zimmer Bradley Ursula Le Guin Economist Esther Dufflow and Nassim Taleb John Twelve Hawks First Nation writer Weber Shig Rice Camilla Pincola Estes She ra- wrote Women Who Run With The Wolves So many more And I love the poetry of Auden and Dunn Do
0: you take influences from other mediums? Films, TV shows, music, etc?
1: Music, in particular classical music But I also love art and the spoken word In fact, I've used concepts of mixed media and particularly artwork and tattoos around the idea of defining tribalism in Sister of Storms, the follow-on to Mother of Floods. I'm stuck about halfway through Sisters of Storms at the moment. Although I've had a couple of agents asking to see full manuscripts, I'm still filled with self-doubt. Is it good enough? Will there be a market? What if it doesn't work? This is causing me to procrastinate. A dear friend of mine has told me to bloom where I'm planted. At the moment, that seems to be my poetry and consultancy projects, including Right On. I also have a completely new idea for a novel. It's not letting me go, so watch this space.
0: Thank you to Madeline F. White for taking part in today's podcast. You can buy Mother of Floods as a paperback and ebook from Crow's Nest Books, or from Amazon. We'll provide links in the show notes. We'll also provide social media links so you can follow Madeline and find out more about her work. Next up on alternative stories and fake realities, we'll have poetry from Jennifer Wong and the audio drama, The Bomb by Emily Inkpin. We'll also have a new audio drama called Out of the Darkness, a reflection on the lifting of the coronavirus lockdown in London with Karis McRoberts, Warren Graham, Marie Claire Wood, and folk musician, Katherine Pretty. Mother of Floods has been an Alternative Stories 2020 production for the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Music, sound design, and production were by Chris Gregory. Sound effects were from freesound.org. This podcast has been presented by me, Kelly Winkler. The Alternative Stories and Fake Realities Podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction.